You're listening to Rosie Cole's Vaudeville Broadcast. This program may contain adult content, so if you're under 18, please either get permission or switch it off. when you're silent so, yeah. so you do the angry look or whatever and then they actually make things up in their own heads and it's funnier than anything you could have said so yeah. <laughs> they laugh the more fill in, yeah. fill in the gaps yeah sometimes I think that happens and yeah. I think also it's looking slightly ridiculous so it's looking not just stern but also slightly constipated or something <laughs> and then it's funnier because of that. yeah it's, it's just the art of gurning to a certain extent isn't it yeah, or it learning when art. to twitch an eyebrow yeah. actually you know when an audience is with you when you don't have to do very much with your face and they laugh there's a bit That's that nice, I've added into happens. the song Baltimore Whores that I do quite a lot uh, um, which I didn't used to do but uh, I, I discovered it at a gig that was going quite well which is right at the very end uh, I do this the last verse which is all very hushed after I've kind of build it up and then bring it right down again but uh, I do this sort of this chug which I keep for ages and then uh, after I've said you're a liar said the last whore mine's the biggest of all I just sort of glare at an audience member and just <clears throat> just make a slightly louder chord at one point and just sort of catch their eye on that it's a kind of a jump scare because I kind of brought it right down and then just do one really obnoxiously loud chord and then you know just sort of slightly stare out that person a bit and I've quite often zoned in on one person by that stage in the gig and try to make them feel uncomfortable mm. and that is the sort of thing that if a gig is going well you know that you can do yeah. these things that aren't you can't really explain why that is funny well but... tension equals laughter yeah true if they're in the right frame of mind yes. I mean you but... can't just make people tense for the wrong reasons and make them laugh also if you're zoning in on one person the rest of the audience yeah, yeah. Love, love it, it. it's like yeah. compares picking on one person or yeah. comedians picking heckling one person the <laughs> nice thing about it is that they usually select themselves because it's usually you focus in on the one who's pissing themselves and kind of can't quite keep it together. Mm. Uh, that tends to be well, if there's you if do there's a friendly, you do a friendly bully thing. Then. Yeah, yeah. But if they're a proper dickhead, you can really slam them, and then everyone likes that as well. Well, that, yeah, <laughs> that's if you get the negative heckler. Yeah. For instance. And they're always stupid. They're yeah, always they're thick as something. They're like thick that. as anything. What? No one thinks that's clever. What's really hard to deal with is the benevolent heckler. Yeah. Oh. Because they're, they're, it's more common, a lot more common than yeah. the negative heckler. They'll they'll just chip in with. I think you're really funny. Yeah, and, and that will be kind of in between a setup and a punchline, and you'll go, "Yeah, thanks, but you've just sort of ruined that." Yeah. They'll just move on. Yeah, they don't realise there's beats, they and don't... you have to have silence before a punchline. It might just be a beat and a half or something, and then your punchline. And go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good for you. Very, very good comedy. <laughs> and then it. And then if you sort of say, tell that person to shut up, then you look like an ass, and the yeah. audience doesn't, they turn against you. Whereas if you, if someone's telling you to fuck off and then you tell them, yeah, you one you up them, them apart, then you? the rest of the audience goes, yeah, you're a hero. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if someone's nice to you, you can't be like, you've just fucked up my joke. <laughs> what have you done? 
Why have you ruined yeah. this for me? Yeah. And they go, well, he was just having a lot. He was just being nice. Yeah. And then you're Maybe the you should have bad juice. Yeah. And then you're the twat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the worst, isn't it? And it depends where you are as well. If it's your own show, I think you can be like, there's the door, get out. Because... <laughs> They can totally derail it, but I mean, if you're on a mixed bill, uh, we've had to deal with those kind of things all the yeah, time. Yeah, what do you do? There's nothing like... you can do. I mean, what, what was that, the aerial that someone shouted at me? Something like... It was just plain old get your tits out, wasn't such it? Such bullshit. Yeah, yeah, one night I had two as a compare get your tits out. One I dealt with and I totally destroyed him, quite satisfyingly, <laughs> thinking that'll shut everyone up. And then two seconds later, someone else said it. I was like, didn't you just hear that yeah. I... <laughs> I triumphed. Please and don't. And the second guy was like a bloke in his sixties. Oh. Oh. What's your was story? Was he standing next oh. to his wife or something? Yeah, he as was well. with his wife. Oh, they're the worst. And then, and then there was some other guy who was like, "Oh, talk to uh, talk." What was it? Jerry any holds a goal. Oh, that was his it. name. Talk to Jerry any holds a goal. So I went up to Jerry any holds a goal and went, "All right, Jerry any holds a goal. <laughs> What's that all about then?" And he was like, "Oh, Jerry." Really. <laughs> and they had nothing to say for themselves. I was like, "Don't." Pull me over with a promise like and he holds a goal. Yeah. <laughs> and There's, then there should not be let some comedy. Up, like if you're not gonna get any comedy out of Jerry any holds a goal, then shut up. That's the trouble, they shout things out, and then you go over to them and suddenly they're really shy. Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well it's almost like, you know, if you think you can do my job better than me, feel free. Uh, that, it's when, like when, the it gets, stage, when it sir. gets really bad, I've seen comedians do that and go, okay, Mr. Interrupter, up you come, up you come, and force them to do a joke. And they're shit and everyone hates them. And yeah. they're like, see, not as easy as it looks, is it? Go, <laughs> go and sit down. Well, have you watched that brilliant heckler video of Herring? <laughs> Very well known YouTube Perfect. video of Richard Herring. <laughs> uh, it, in, I think, the Soho Review Bar. Mm. as was the Paul Raymond review bar. Yeah. Uh, just dealing with the most amazing heckler in the most amazing way until yeah. the guy is actually forcibly removed by the staff. Wow. A, it's a good video. Just search Richard Herring heckler. Oh, my God. Up. Can you imagine? Like, well, I guess you can. Oh, yeah. I, it, but it's it like... happens mercifully rarely. Mm. I'd say one in 50 gigs, and even then it's usually quite easy to deal with. I mean, people, a lot of the time... You know, when you get asked about comedy, they say, "What's the worst heckle you've ever had?" And I was like, "I don't know, really." Yeah. The, the, you don't really, you know, no heckle is that bad yeah. unless they're these benevolent hecklers, which doesn't make for a good story. Yeah. So no one wants to know about. Well, truthfully, the worst heckler I ever had was the guy who just spouted inane compliments. Oh no. You know, but that's not a good story. It just so feels a bit sad. It really. just feels yeah. sad, and, and then if you if you lay into them, then you're the twat. They make a habit of making fun of making performers fun of. as individuals, as a <laughs> collective. I'll make fun of them. Performers are this weird mix of extrovert and introvert. Mm, definitely, and a lot of the time you think people are really standoffish and snobby, and I this. The <laughs> filming day for that cabaret video thing oh, yeah. that went on the cabaret like. Oh, London Cabaret Festival, London Festival of Cabaret. Must oh, be time for another video. And I was like, I get to hang out with thing. cabaret people all day and get on film. Yeah, I'll do it. In a very like. Yeah. I remember that. The Give... People's Front of Cabaret versus the Cabaret Cabaret's People's, people's front. front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I it was. Didn't see that. Do you remember there was the, it was it was a thing. It was a Silly. couple of years ago. It was like the the uh, basically Alexander Armstrong was at the forefront of this thing. Oh, yes, yeah, I do. Which was I the London that. Festival of Cabaret. And he basically said, we're going to bring Cabaret back from the dead. But it's a lot of and comedians, isn't it? Basically, divas with pianos singing, 
you know, show tunes, and they said, this if, is cabaret. If he's not on the circuit, he genuinely probably didn't even know. Yeah. He I'm also sure said more... some very derogatory things about burlesque performers, and as we all know, the burlesque community is... You can't, they are you can't come within a hair all, of criticising They're all on their period at the same time, that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> they all synchronise. <laughs> Every single one of them. Yeah. He said something about a load of old strippers bought themselves pom-poms and called themselves burlesque performers. <laughs> it's kind of Who said that? Alexander Armstrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a bit like stand-up. Most stand-ups, people who purport to call themselves stand-ups, are absolute shit. Most yeah. of them are shit, aren't they? Well, when do, when is the point in which you are allowed to call yourself a stand-up? Yeah. A very good question. And then you it? have the few that are actually quite good. Actually, side note, I <laughs> I credit Edinburgh with just destroying me in terms of enjoying stand-up. Oh, really? Because oh, I worked, yeah, was working much, for. Yeah, yeah. I did a show one year. I did a show with which was in Pleasance, I had a Pleasance Pass, so I basically got to see any show. Oh, but yeah. that was the year, because we only had to do the show for like, maximum took out two and a half hours of my day if it was particularly stressful, yeah. you know, yeah. including the sort of get in and get yeah, out and luxury, clean up and stuff. Yeah. And then surrounding that, it was like, I could do whatever I want. Yeah. So you saw a lot of stuff. So I saw a lot of it does kill all it. the comedy for free. And after a while, I'd be sitting in these people, and everyone around me would be laughing, and I'd be like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's how we feel when we go. Because obviously, when you go to the gigs, at first I would watch everyone, and but now I actually sit there going, I can't take it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to leave. Backstaging mm. uh, in 2013, which that was really fun actually, because I actually got to know the people in my venue. Who was Richard Harry? Oh. He's lovely. He's alright. He's so nice. Yeah. I know his He's wife. Really I don't know nice. him, but I know his wife, and she's lovely. I, I take super. it as a sign of whether people are nice as to whether they're nice to the sort of like stage management well, crew and yeah. he is super friendly yeah. not at all condescending I mean he's bloody Richard Herring he could have been a dick to you know yeah. who the fuck knows who well, I am when I'm wearing Pleasant's t-shirt well I think, I think his thing like, is he's so honest he just lays it all out doesn't he so I think he's just yeah and it, it, that includes kind of just an inclusive attitude well I, I, I spoke to him for the first sort of time at any length uh, in December at Leicester Square Theatre, we were downstairs doing our, uh, our show in the lounge, and he was in the main bit doing his podcast. And I was introduced to him by you know other stand-ups that he clearly knew better. But then he spoke to me in the same way that he spoke to them, and it, and even if they were chatting and or he was saying something to essentially more to like. Pat or whoever he was talking to, it was it was felt like I was very much included in that conversation. That doesn't always happen either. No, I've doesn't. been in a lot of green rooms and car journeys where I've been so clearly just the sort of spoken over. And, yeah, so <gasps> yeah. subordinate person who doesn't get a word in edgeways. Yeah. But you'll find they are probably actually the mid-level comedians. When you get a bit higher, they tend to be nicer. Yeah. It's yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, because I think people want to work with maybe uh, nicer people. So so they're the ones that get a few more opportunities. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that that the people that were there were, in this instance, were Richard Herring, Mark Dolan and... Uh, Pat Monaghan. Oh my God, three of the, the nicest, the, the men nicest in people. <laughs> like you know, you're not going to meet three nicer guys. That's though. like a love bomb. Yes, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, I'm sure that is a huge part of why you guys are successful. Yeah. Well, it's so great that someone like Richard Herring, who's been doing it for so long mm. and has had 
so many successes will not just take it upon himself to be nice to up and coming comedians, mm. but also be just be nice to his stage crew, yeah, yeah. who are ultimately there to like makes a big difference. Fulfill his every whim. So I didn't even know about the comedy scene when I was first mm. acting because I acted between the ages of eighteen and and twenty three before I went to uni. I didn't even, didn't even know, it didn't even occur to me you could create your own work. I wish I'd known. I yeah. wish someone had taken me in hand and gone, yeah. you know, you can actually make your own opportunities and do a bit. I think actors, are, I've got a lot of actor friends from my time acting and a lot of them are lacking in confidence when it comes mm. to that kind of thing. Yeah. And you need to be like, no, seriously, there's no hidden trick. There's no yeah. secret. You just do it. And it's, it's if partially... you're any good, people will shit themselves with excitement. Yeah, it's <laughs> And partially... if you're not, no one will give a shit. Gotta do it and figure it out yeah. as you go yeah. along. That, so... That's part of the joy of ageing in a way. You suddenly realise that no one knows what they're doing and you just gotta get on with it. And, yeah. and actually it's very freeing going, oh good, we're all fudging our way forward. Well, but also the more you tell people that you are a thing, then well, they you, believe you it, become that they? thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what I realised was the best PR is... The fact that everyone has a breakdown in Edinburgh, so uh, when you ask them how they're doing, they go, even if they're having a good time, oh, I can't, oh, it's so scared. Uh, don't say that, just go, just say what, what's happening. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Today I had so many people, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, no, don't just... People go, oh, you're doing really well. Today I had an audience. Yeah. Then you have to say it was one person. Well, I just, exactly. I mean, we just, just, every time, we just kept saying you're having a great time. Yeah, Lovely yeah. audience is If you're really keeping sort of mentally buoyant, yeah. then... People will assume on your behalf you're having a good time. We had, if you're not I'd, having a breakdown. Across <laughs> the month, I'd say we had at least five or six people say, you guys are having a brilliant time, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. No. All we'd do was be positive, because we decided we weren't going to have a yeah. visible breakdown in front of people. Because yeah. every other comedian almost prides themselves on how quickly they can have a full Turn mental breakdown. <laughs> I saw. And cry just on retweeted any praise and that's it. Pippa yeah. Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw her, but they did a set at like I think it was like the Fast Fringe. It was like, oh yeah, mm. was know. she doing Loretta? No, it was her and Ruth doing like a double thing. They they just part. Of, I think they just decided they would just go up and do five minutes. Uh-huh. Right, and they were like, it's week three. It's crying week at the fringe. <laughs> and it, it does feel like it occasionally. And yeah. everyone, everyone in that room was like, who was involved in any show, just went, it's true. Yeah, it is crying week. But that's I was because. Crying. And I wasn't even on stage. That's because people drink... I'm going to sound like someone's mum now. But it's because people <laughs> drink too much. They stay out too late. It's true. And you try and do an hour show where it's fully on you and you're flyering as well. Yeah. And you're doing all the hangover. Anyone would cry. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then they're like, I'm having a breakdown. you're having a massive hangover combined yeah. with having to do some work. And some sleep deprivation. Yeah, sleep yeah, deprivation. Yeah. You're living off nothing but deep fried... Mars bars. Yeah. And, and you're every day you're going, lovely fag. <laughs> Please yeah. love me. And then you look out across the sea of posters and flyers yeah, and, go, and feel, I'm so insignificant. Yeah, you, you are yeah. insignificant. And you, and, but and you, you look across at your crowd of sort of, we had really, I, well, I had, and you had the same, really, bit, really conservative yeah. audiences this year. Like older, actually the older ones were all right. They would tend to laugh at the naughty stuff. Hmm. But I had weirdly sort of like po-faced, I had to really loosen them up and go, it's okay at 2.40 in the afternoon to do rude stuff. (laughs) You know, I'm going to swear, I'm going to talk about sex. It's fine, don't worry about it. I had to really loosen them up though because they were so conservative this year. Yeah. So it was weird to look out at those groups sometimes and be like, Oh, I've got to work you. I've got to really work you. I've got a cheap whore or an expensive one. Who cares? But it does change how you do the show because when I first went up with the show, it was different to what it was a week and a half later. 
because I realised I had to tweak them psychologically in the first 10 minutes to go, it's okay, don't worry, we're allowed to have a drink. For a start, a lot of them weren't drinking until I was like, have a drink! <laughs> yeah. it's a, you can, uh, you know, I did in Magenta, I go, what's wonderful about the fringe is that you can start drinking at midday and no one thinks you have a problem. <laughs> Seriously, go and have a drink. Because it, then it would loosen them up and, uh, yeah. and and sort of say, oh my God, you wouldn't believe some of the previous audiences I've had. They've been such prudes, but you're not like that, are you? And I'd have to do that to make sure they wouldn't be prudish. Mm. It was ridiculous. It was like, come on, guys, loosen up. It's, the, it's a fucking arts festival. So now, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's good to know that and take that knowledge into the next year. Yeah. Because we've, I mean, we've got our slots now. Mm. We're, I mean, you've got exactly the same slot again. Yeah. But where, which, you're in? Voodoo We're room. both you're in the voodoo room. Oh, yeah. you're both Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, cool. you're in the speakeasy, which is perfection <laughs> for your show. I saw, I saw the picture of the speakeasy and I went, Speakeasy is a it's super nice. It's a really good room. Yeah, and um, it's a bit glitzy, and I think that suits your show. My room's a bit. Uh, it's lovely. It, I love it. It's really good which comedy room. It? Your is room. It it's, the, it's the French Quarter. French Quarter, but it's yeah, a bit yeah. more spit and sawdust, which is perfect for the chaotic nature of most yeah. of what I do. So I think the rooms that we've got <laughs> nice way next door to each other, they are they are well suited to each of our acts. Yeah, definitely. I'm really pleased with yeah, the slots yeah. we've got. I think. You know, Fringe it's different standard of people, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, as well. just got to make a show. I, but I mean, if, if yeah. I were to give any advice, it would be in the first five to ten minutes, lube your audience up. Basically, sort of go, hey, there's going to be naughty stuff. But you're cool with this, aren't you? Because you're a cool bunch. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can take it because you're sexy and cool, yeah. It's and then they'll go, yes, you're right, we are sexy and cool. <laughs> we will take it. But if you don't, if you just launch it on them, they're a bit like, oh, I don't know how to take this. Oh. Especially I, I only had lunch an hour and a half. Two ago, o'clock in the afternoon, sandwich. that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, so you've got to kind of uh, lube them up. Yeah. There is that there is that sort of like foolhardy hardcore mentality with the fringe where you're like I have to do as much as I can. It's ridiculous. Ah. I do a marathon at a sprint. It doesn't mm. make any sense. Everyone needs a bit of downtime, I think. And but also, also though, if you're doing downtime, you're not doing the fringe. Yeah. Time. And even on your day off, you're like I have to see a lot of shows. No, yeah, don't see any shows. We had it's going to be the same shit you see all the time. Because <laughs> we, we because we got together during the 2012 fringe, we had our sort of anniversary fell. In, <laughs> during the fringe, right? Amazing. So we just said, okay, the evening of whichever arbitrary day, we couldn't actually quite remember when. Yeah, I, I think we picked the twenty second. Twenty second, yeah. So we just said, okay, on this day, we're going to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> we're going to yes. go and sit in a cinema and watch some high budget fluff. Mm. We're not going to worry about being visible. We're not going to laugh at shit. We're just going to sit there with our mouths open, eating popcorn. Yeah. and watching complete so escapism and it was so nice it was yeah. genuinely I think, it might, entertained. I think it might have so been good. my favourite moment of the Fringe in 2014 <laughs> <laughs> apart from when we went to Edinburgh Zoo after it had yeah. finished <laughs> those are my two favourite moments somehow the relief is like stabbing a fork in your leg or something and then the taking best it out bit is the moment when you stop and you go oh I'm so relieved I mean I love obviously obviously the Fringe is a wonderful thing <laughs> And I would not, I would not like want to ever not do it. No, because we're addicted. We're, we're addicted going, to we're, it. We're, we're doing it again this year. Do. I don't even have a show yet, but I know I'm. I'm signed up to it. I've got a room, and it's I'm okay. going to do it. Our show isn't made yet either. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it takes, the same boat. It only takes a month. <laughs> <laughs> Pointed looks. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I, de- I mean, I had, I had, I did have some of it. Well, yours is a bit more labour intensive. Yeah. Songs and stuff. 
the question that ends every podcast. Oh, uh, Can you suck your own cock? <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have a ham hand or... Yeah. <laughs> armpit dispenses sun, sun cream. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, and that's good. I once had someone ask me whether I'd rather have no genitals, like a Ken doll kind of body. <laughs> right. Or genitals but on the middle of my forehead <laughs> <laughs> that is a question would you rather oh, be a Barbie doll or have your fanny in your head or oh. Ken well, or can, can you have a fringe head. you can do whatever you want with your hair oh well in that case I think it's best you just better. have a fringe yeah wouldn't that be really weird <laughs> when you, you were going sort to of have subtly rubbing have under sex. your fringe cool. <laughs> while you were having meetings I'm just thinking stuff. I'm just thinking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, scratching my forehead. I think that'd be huge fringe in front. That'd be easier for women, I think, because you know, obviously, in a male. No, yeah, but in a male state of uh, excitement, obviously. Oh, I was imagining a (laughs) vagina. Oh, a vagina. Yeah, no, no, no. I'd have like like a ball sack hanging here somewhere. (laughs) No, not everyone would just just bouncing off your nose, (laughs) and then a big cock that just arises out of the. Well, like, I don't know how big it would be. Um, well, or, or whatever, or, you know, whatever no size cock. just going to hide that, is it? No. Well, it's that how, or how being about, a doll. Well, if it, I think there should be something for the blokes where, in that case, you have it hanging off the back of your head. Oh, right. So well, girls this is the, this on is your the game. Foreheads. It's the middle of the forehead or nothing. Oh, oh, that's not fair, though. Girl, the either or game. Girls no, have rather. a... Girls, well, you can wear a hat. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can wear a hat. I mean, honestly, there's things you could do. I'm sure you could figure it figure out a way of uh, of doing it oh yeah no I've got to say whatever the inconvenience is cock and balls on the face over <laughs> over no cock and balls at all because you can make do I assume everything feels as good as you know it functions the same way right maybe this will be a new podcast tradition a really weird game of would you rather would you yeah, rather yeah, 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 yeah. no that's, this isn't the question this isn't the question okay, yeah. the question is enjoying that you can, uh, you can include that as well yeah, yeah. That's good. well we can play more would you rather after so okay I will include it what's the, what's the big question the big question is what's the best thing that's happened to you on stage and what's the worst thing that's happened to you on ah. stage What's, what's the worst thing and the best thing that someone said? <laughs> so we know what we're <laughs> Oh, God. You'll just have to go back to the last know, five minutes of every podcast and yeah. listen. Yeah, yeah. I always think with burlesque, you know, about the parents. Mm. Or your friends, even. Yeah. I mean, you know, the friends that you aren't that close with who you haven't just seen. Just coming to the show. Yeah, yeah. It's like nipples. Oh, yeah, come to the show. And then they, yeah, not just nipples, but in a sort of sexualised context. Yeah, seeing you do sexy things. That, I think that's yeah. one of the reasons I don't think I could ever do burlesque. I don't see myself as that kind of sexy. Like, I just do silly. I just, I'm just ridiculous. My, as my a person, I'm just ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Perform uh, sexy is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, now I'm being sexy. <laughs> it's more that Hong Kong. Yeah, I'm like gonna com- eat my own stocking. Yeah. <laughs> like comedy sexy is a lot easier than actual sexy. Yeah. If you're of a certain personality, some personalities find that kind of like, you know, actually just doing sexy easier than perhaps doing comedy. But for more our, our kind of personalities. Like, yeah, definitely. I, don't I mean, even, once uh, I, I couldn't t- bring I, myself to do. Oh, you I had on. a birthday party at a salsa <clears throat> club, and uh, this is before I was. I, I think I, I was in my first year of stand up or something. And all my friends were there, and uh, they pointed me out as the birthday girl, and this woman with a little Britney Spears headset suddenly called all the birthday girls, because there were about four or five of us, up onto the stage to do a Lady Marmalade set. And so she was doing various moves and everything, and then forcing us one by one to replicate them. 
and or, or no 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 it wasn't it was replicate and add your own kind of flourishes and the, some of the others were really going for it and really doing sexy stuff and uh, and I was literally my eyes were watering with the uh, anticipation of embarrassment as it came to me I was about fourth and when it came to me I just did a big comedy routine basically I pretended to pee against the wall like a man and, <laughs> and then did the funky chicken and everything and it was as awkward as possible because I just uh, I'm deliberately comedy awkward and everything because I just couldn't do it it was just beyond me I, yeah. I was like you know fair play and everything that's not how I roll <laughs> that definitely sounds like one of the worst things that may have happened to you on stage oh, that, was, that was hard yeah. do real sexy for real yeah mm-hmm. and it was totally unexpected I was just on a normal night out and so yeah. even though I was used to being on stage it was kind of like come on do it I'm gonna have to. I had yeah. to make it funny though. There's yeah. no other way I could get through it. A lot of people say for the worst ones, it's, it's usually costume malfunction. Yeah. Usually. Oh, I had one once where I was uh, a giant chipmunk on stage and my head fell off. <laughs> and uh, all the kids were obviously like. It was <laughs> nightmarish. Was it actually not the costume, but your actual head? Well, it's it a bit complicated because I was Maleficent talking to Sleeping Beauty dressed as a giant chipmunk because the script was TIE, typical TIE. <laughs> and uh, suddenly my head got knocked off by a curtain that I was coming through, so it was very quick. Uh, and uh, Sleeping Beauty just looked at me and she was from Newcastle, so she was like, Why I? <laughs> That's what they say. It's Alan's, you know. Yeah, I know. And uh, and I and I just stared at her like I don't know what to do, and then ran off stage, left her to deal with it. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was Amazing. very funny though. I found it very funny. And then she had to fall into a coma from because the chipmunk was supposed to get her to prick her finger on the wheel. But obviously, I couldn't do that because I'd revealed myself as the bad guy. So she had to go. What's this? A spinning wheel. <laughs> that is not kind of how it happens though. There's it no is, chipmunk in but they, for some reason, it added a chipmunk. Added a ch- giant, like six foot chipmunk, <laughs> which would be kind of more, perhaps more disturbing than the whole someone, spinning wheels. Yeah. Someone in the office was like, "We've got a chipmunk costume. Got to use it somehow. Make the investment, guys. We've got to get a return on this." I think they wanted the whole "boo, don't trust the giant chipmunk" <laughs> or something. I don't know. That's I had a very cute voice all lined up and everything. It was all amazing. <laughs> That was, probably wasn't the worst, because that was funny. I enjoyed that. I kind of enjoy when things go wrong, actually. So yeah. I think the worst is just when a sea of indifference is looking back at you. And they, they're they sort of... They're not interested in what you're doing, and then you do it a bit longer, and the not interested turns into hate and anger. And then they start showing that, and then yeah. by the end of it, they would happily sacrifice you yeah. to move the night on a bit. When you, when you die hard. Yeah. That is worse than any major disaster. Yeah, yeah. because if people heckle, when I got, get your tits out twice on one night, I I shut them down to a point where I was quite satisfied with my performance. And I was like, yeah, motherfucker, I shut you up. But when you just get a load of people who are bored and angry looking at you, that is the absolute worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you try all your little tricks going into the audience and talking to them and then trying uh, the most accessible jokes and nothing's working and you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> if this is bad for you, imagine what it's like for me. Yeah. I think that's the, the unromantic, boring answer is just any gig, which, you know, it doesn't happen. The same answer is boring. 
that's right. No, I'm saying like you know, it might not sound that kind of for for both. Yeah, the it's answer not is the same. It? It's not yeah. a glamorous, interesting answer. It's never really. a funny thing. It's so like the and then I did the splits by mistake. Yeah, yeah, because that is hilarious. <laughs> and then both my boobs flopped out, and everyone came at once. I know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I was so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, no. it's always the everyone hates you, no one likes you. Why you yeah. go home and kill yourself? Just <laughs> it's anything that makes you just you know you leave that gig going what the hell am I doing yeah. with my life I should just quit in the comedy in the, seems really good at that it's like, very punishing like comedy audiences seem almost cruel they're sometimes out to get you. where they're like I hope this person yeah. fails they want you to fail Whereas, no no they don't right. want you to fail but they hate you when you do because yeah. they want you to succeed but, but oh they, they know the hatred very once they got on that hatred yeah. track you're like I don't know. I've sat in comedy audiences where I feel like I've been like, give them a break, they're probably yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and actually they decide very quickly. So you've got 10 seconds when you go out there to go, yeah. do you trust me? Please trust me. Because then you'll get involved with these answers. Yeah. And if so. actually there are various things that will, some in some places, I'm going to get a bit uh, on the feminist high horse here, but there are some places you go out as a woman and you're dead in the water because they're like, we don't like women comedy comedians. Uh, this night is being very blokey. Please get off the stage. Nothing you say is going to be funny. I bet you mentioned periods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then no matter what you say, uh, you're already you're you're fighting for their approval as opposed to going out there being approved of and having a lovely time. But this is yeah. the thing, like every, for every time that a female comedian mentions her periods, like a male comedian will probably mention his cock fifty times, but no one ever even mentions that. Mm. You know, I, no I interviewed Joe that. Brand once and. Uh, I said to her about the amount of hatred that she'd received from, who was it? It was Gary Bushell from uh, The Sun and various other papers. You know, a lot of really vitriolic hate uh, directed towards her. And a lot of it was, she only ever talks about being fat and period. And she said, I have six hours of material because I've got, uh, at that point, I think she had six Edinburgh shows or whatever. Mm. And she said, and I have figure out how much period material I have it's 10 minutes 10 minutes <laughs> wow. out of 6 hours yeah and that's how uh, I mean she didn't she was very kind of like yeah but I'm fine I'm doing well I, I, you know whatever but you could tell it was still kind of like come on that there are facts and the facts are that I barely talk about that but that's what everyone assumes I talk about yeah yeah and it's not fair I had one vagina joke when I was doing straight stand up one vagina joke <laughs> And I'd have people come up to me afterwards and go, oh, all about vaginas. And I'm like, no, one, one, one joke that lasted uh, probably 40 seconds, because that's how long these jokes are. <laughs> you know, you, you try and get a laugh as quickly as possible. So you've probably got, uh, you know, a joke that hits in the first 20 seconds and then another one that hits another 40 seconds after that and the rest of it. And then you have one <laughs> joke about being a female amongst all that and that gets pointed out mm. and that is bloody irritating mm. yeah <sighs> yeah yeah and that's why cabaret is nicer actually because you get less of the whole oh woman trying to be funny she's gonna do this mm. sort of uh, you know she's gonna definitely go down this route and we're gonna resent her for it because they've already seen quite a lot of tits yeah yeah they're yeah, in a woman's so. environment actually they they're in a we're girls in a... and gays kind of environment so they've got yeah. to get used to it the ones who are going to be a bit sexy. and also it's a kind of it's a fabulous environment it's an environment of feathers and craft and glitter and, and yeah so and, yeah but, like, but it is I mean to use sort of you know sweeping generalisations it is a more feminine environment than 
the sort of laddish, pint-swilling kind of comedy. And and most of the time... Most of the time, is that, that fair to say, most of the time, compos and cabaret are women, aren't they? Are they? Uh, I've seen it. Or 50-50. I don't know. I think that's... Maybe 50-50. Uh, there are definitely even, a lot of female compos. Even 50-50, I mean, you wouldn't... In stand-up, female compos... Unusual. Yeah. If there's a female compo, it's normally a female knight. Or a So, like, a knight with mainly... Kind of, yeah. That's been advertised as women comedy. Yeah. So they wouldn't just take a female comic to compare a night that was just regular not like, often I've you, done downstairs at the king's head where there's been a female compare uh, well, the thing but is, the fact you, that I can point those nights out yeah. means that there's not many of them I mean you are the you are the regular compare of a, of a night that's variety uh, yeah, which is very variety based yeah. Wait, but it's variety and variety is like the, the very close to cabaret mm. there's not much difference Yeah, there's a bit less uh, sexual stuff I suppose and a bit more we're a bunch of giant children. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't get burlesque at a variety no, night, wouldn't. but you would get... But like, you would potentially get cops out in, you yeah. know, um, sort of... Sketchy character on legs type kind of, yeah. yeah, it's... It's much it's, sillier. It's sillier, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's less sexual and more silly, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Mm, interesting. And less dark and more... More... <laughs> so, yeah, you're more likely to get female compares than that as well. Yeah, take them from so worst thing just dying on just dying yeah, just, dying. just dying. dying what about the best thing what's the best thing that's happened to you on stage well but actually before we before we entirely move on to the best thing ah. I should I, I just remembered that Finsbury Park gig that I did where Ooh. I <laughs> a good worst stormed off stage oh, really? I was so angry and I I kind of went go back on yeah I was ready to just walk out of the venue. What happened? I was, I don't know. I, I was in a weird place that evening. I don't know what was going on. Sorry. Sorry. Lindsay is leaving the room while I tell the story. Uh, it's too hard. It's too hard. Too hideous to be. No, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, again, it's not, it's not a particularly dramatic story. It's just that I, it was a miserable open mic gig that I was doing and kind of felt like I shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, you know, in perhaps quite an arrogant way. I just sort of was there thinking, what is the point of this? I'm getting nothing from it. Uh, I was, I think I was, uh, I was still at uh, working in my day job and I was getting no sleep and uh, I've now, I'm now don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm now at full time, which is nice. But by that stage, it was kind of getting to the point where I was just really, really tired all the time. And I was just sort of on, my nerves were really on edge this evening. And I went up having, uh, you know, it was one of those gigs where the promoter is not around, they don't tell you anything, you get there and no one is there to sort of receive you, which, I, you know, we don't ask for much in this game, but I think just someone to be there to kind of tell you where to go is nice. And yeah, and it was very much just like, you know, we had to kind of figure out what was going on. The compere was there. She wasn't the usual compere. She didn't know what the hell was going on. And she was, so she was trying to figure it out as well. Yeah. And there was, I'd been told that there was, you know, a thing for me to plug my guitar in. It turns out there wasn't. So I had to source an amp. There was, I found an amp in the venue. There happened to be one there. Gonna put you on so it was it. just everything was just sort of nasty and then there ended up being I'd say eight people at tops in the room in this big music venue nasty no. old nasty old place <clears throat> there was a table full of oh the stage was so high the stage was really high which is bad for comedy because uh, it just sort of creates this divide uh, and there was a table full of 
guys that were just basically chatting and butting in at every possible moment. To be fair to them, the previous few acts and the comparing and everything was so awkward. It was awkward. I think they were trying to kind of jolly it along. Yeah, but it was also making it, it more difficult. It was really awkward, yeah. And then I got up there having... That so awful. It was yeah. a terrible gig already, but then I got up there having not really had a chance to try my guitar in this amp, found that it didn't work, basically. Uh, and then as as I was just about kind of starting to make it make a noise that was sort of acceptable it sort of made a horrible screeching sound and then one of the guys at the table chipped in with some comment that I can't remember exactly what it was but by which stage I was so angry that it just it was just the, like the last straw for me and I just I just said into the mic fuck this I'm done and I just left I walked I unplugged I walked off the stage and I was about to walk out of the venue when Lindsay to her credit actually said that is poor form you can't do that you can't leave the compare hanging you know so then with like my tail between my legs I sort of skulked back in back onto the stage where the compere had kind of been frantically going, uh, okay, uh, so, you know, and trying to move it on. And I just sort of went back on and kind of went, yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I, and I sort of fiddled around with the guitar again, tried to make it sound acceptable, did my stuff and then sort of skulked out again. It was just <laughs> the most... I felt crushed afterwards because I, I knew that I'd behaved like such a twat. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? The worst gigs are when you disappoint yourself. Yeah, and that oh. was it. I really disappointed myself. <laughs> I knew that <laughs> I had... This is like my toes I know, I'd lost... This is not a, so many I just, it's not a jolly end to It's not a good end. I'd, I'd, I'd <laughs> lost my, I'd lost my temper things. and I properly fucked it up. But, but that's right because you went back. I went back. That took some nervous yeah, I did do the right thing, but it was yeah. so awful. The thing is, I think uh, a lot of comedy gigs are a lot worse than even the worst cabaret gigs I've done. So if you've had a, a lots of nice cabaret gigs in a row and then you do quite a tough stand-up gig, it oh, can just be like, why am I doing this? It can this really hurt. really hard. Really, yeah. yeah, so it it can take, it can blindside you a bit. And I think that was a particularly bad gig after it string of good gigs wasn't it I've been having an alright time but I was just so tired yeah it's because I was I was still at Emmanuel oh. getting up at the crack of yeah yeah and, uh, that's the thing isn't it yeah alright what's, what's some really good gigs I don't know that first gig for me was really amazing what your first my comedy first stand up gig ever uh-huh. even though it's two and a half minutes long <laughs> And it wasn't just that I won, it was the fact that I got from beginning to end without fucking up. Yeah. And just the fact that I suddenly thought, this is a new thing. I, I've, I've done acting, and I never felt properly like an actor. And I don't, I didn't at that point feel like a stand-up, and I don't know if I still do. I still want some kind of genre in between. But it just felt like, wow, this is an amazing new discovery, mm. and it's exciting, and I'm embarking on yeah. a journey now. And I get to say my own stuff. That was exciting as well. Whereas when you're an actor, you're a mouthpiece for other people, which is still great to be able to interpret, you know, people who are far more intelligent and creative than you. (laughs) It's really nice to go, this is my stuff. This is what I've been thinking and get some kind of reaction back. So I think the first gig ever was quite something for me. Yeah. What about you? (laughs) Um, 
Uh, I think the musical comedy awards was a highlight actually, because mm. I'd never entered it. Oh, I, I think it was yeah. No, that's the only competition that I've ever done comedy competition. Um, and the first year I didn't get very far, but then the second year I entered, I got all the way to the final, which was very nice. And it's at the Bloomsbury Theatre, which is always fun to play. You did it with the new act of the year. Mm. It's, yeah, it's lovely. It is a lovely room. Do you know the Bloomsbury? Yeah. Yeah. Really great, nice, really yeah. great room, and I I was quite nervous, uh, but I was mainly thinking, um, okay, so the most important thing here, I don't care if I win, the most important thing is that I not make a fool of myself here, and you know, and the judges of this competition are quite, you know, esteemed. You've got uh, the sort of the the kind of higher end of the comedy reviewers who really don't you don't get yourself in front of that much so I kind of thought don't fuck this up and I was really well that was all I was saying is like don't make a fool of yourself and I kind of consciously I didn't think that I would but until I got up there and didn't I didn't know do you see what I mean yeah and then so it was about you know 20 seconds into the first song that I did I got a nice big laugh I was able to wait for a moment to let it die down before carrying on which is always a nice thing and at that moment I realised okay I haven't fucked it up and now I can relax and just enjoy this and that was a really lovely feeling mm. yeah to know at a big gig that you're not going to die yeah <laughs> to know to get to this big gig you know where everyone has done pretty well but n- nothing is set in stone no one had smashed it yeah. So it wasn't as if it was like on fire from the start. So there was every possibility that any one of us could have died a mm. death. Mm. Uh, but and you know so quickly, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you know immediately. And then the next 10 minutes seems like an eternity when you're stuck there and you've just got to get through this thing and no one's laughing. So as soon as I got that laugh, I just and I knew that I could just relax and enjoy myself and... And it goes really quickly. And then it goes quick. It It goes in a flash, or as if it's awful, it it drags. (laughs) Obviously, time is so weird. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't quite. You can't remember it. Same as normal time. No, it's like opium time. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a lovely show. Amazing, and you did you did well, didn't you? You did. I came. I came third. Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) I see that over your shoulder. (laughs) There's a very large garish rosette, which is in our living room here. Brilliant. I would say coming third is pretty bloody good for the first big time competition you entered Mm. as a comedian. That's really good. Third is the only respectable place, of course. Anything above third is is just arrogant, vulgar. Is vulgar. (laughs) You've clearly done something to garner that award. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Underhand. (laughs) Quite right. So I'm going to wrap up the podcasty portion wonderful evening thank you guys so much for talking and oh, sharing good to be fun. sharing your secrets <laughs> did we shit shit <laughs> we deny everything lull you into a more sense of security <laughs> no it's been great but if people want to see you live or see, just see, find out more about you let give me some internet links where can they find you on the internet 
Uh, you can find me at www.lindsaysharman, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-S-H-A-R-M-A-N.com. I'm selling my book on there, and I'll, I'll hey, also... Re- yeah, yeah. We didn't even talk about the book. We didn't talk about oh, the book. The we didn't book even talk about the CDs. Oh, the book is the so most much. important thing. But, uh, yeah, so we've both got bro, shit to flog, and <laughs> mine's the book, and yours is the CDs, isn't Yeah. It? But also, I will have... Uh, I, I've already booked in a preview for my Edinburgh show this year at the Museum of Comedy on the... 30th of July, so it's not for a while. Blimey, that's cutting it fine, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's pretty much when the show hopefully will be ready. <laughs> <laughs> You'd hope uh, it would be. Ready. Before yeah. Edinburgh. Edinburgh doesn't start till late this year, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. yeah, it's like the 6th, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like, pretty early, right? Well, you've got another week to write it after that. Ah, exactly. To go, oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> Better start <laughs> again then. Yeah. But you can buy that at the Museum of Comedy's website, and they have loads of good shows. So check out the Museum of Comedy. They're website. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Have you got a Twitter? I do, at Madame Magenta UK, or at Lindsay Sharman, but I'm really crap at updating it. Do you honest. do Facebook with other new characters, or would you prefer people not to find you on Facebook? Uh, if you if you want to, find me on Facebook, why not? <laughs> I don't really say much, to be honest, but yeah, I might occasionally. I just need to yeah. comment on everyone else. Yeah, me too. Sit there and I'm like, have people talking. Yeah. I'm then I try and write something, I'm like, no one wants to know that, shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's more comfortable to lurk, isn't it? Yeah. To jump on a bit. And then I look at my phone page and I'm like, oh, well, it said anything in four days. <laughs> Facebook now sends you a message that says, uh, you haven't said anything. Oh, really? For four days. Or if you got a page. If you have a fan page. I yeah. didn't have a page. Or it'll just occasionally be like, this post that you wrote five days ago is doing better than all the other it's posts on your page. better than all. Do you want to pay us money? No. <laughs> uh, no. What about you, Lawrence? Where can people find you on the internet? Well, my website is uh, com. So that's M-R and then Lawrence with a U, not a W. com. And my Twitter handle is just Lawrence Owen. Uh, that's about the only thing I ever say anything on Twitter. <laughs> When's your new album coming out, Lawrence? <laughs> uh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, let's make it an exclusive. Uh, well, last year I put it out on the 30th of May uh, in time for Edinburgh. So this year I'm going to put it out on the 30th of May. Yeah, consistency. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, 30th of May, my new album will be done in good time for my Edinburgh show, which is called Cine Musical. And we're both at the Voodoo Room. Yes. Catch us there. Catch us there at Edinburgh. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited. I really... Are you doing the whole run as well? Yeah. Hey. yeah. I was like, go big or go home. Yeah. <laughs> he's really like slightly drunk and fit peak where I was oh, like, there's I'm no doing point. it, I'm doing it. There's no point yeah. not doing the whole run. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much for chatting with me. Um, I've been your host, Rosie Cole. You can find me on my website, rosiecole.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Rosie underscore Cole. You can find me on facebook.com forward slash rosiecoledancer. Or you're very welcome to email me on rosiecoledancer at gmail.com. And as performers, we are nothing without our audience. So thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day.